Welcome everybody, episode nine already. Episode nine is about perspective, ego, winning, and what we deem as accepted sporting behavior. Accepted kind of, when I say sporting behavior, I'm actually talking about sportsmanship. So this is Coach DiBernardo. Let's, uh, let's kick on with episode nine. So I'm going to start today off with a, uh, a part of my coaching career where I had just took a high school job up in the Bronx and it was with a program that needed to be turned around. The program was at the very least lacking massively with discipline. It, it wasn't winning and the direction of the program was going the wrong way. So I had a big job ahead of me and, you know, for me, I, I always wanted to win. So I wanted to get in there. I wanted to win straight away. There was, there were so many kids that wanted to be part of the program. Uh, it was crazy. I had no assistant coach. Um, and on top of it, we had this grass field that was really crappy, not too much grass on it. And we had to split it with the American football team. So I had half a field and I literally had about 65 kids that wanted to play. And for me, I, I never cut kids. That was my, that was my thing. But with no assistant coach and only half a field, I couldn't coach 65 kids. So I took the percentage of kids who weren't going to make the top, say 25, and I put them in small-sided games every day behind the goal. So they would actually play behind the goal in small-sided games as I would coach the other guys. Um, I was, I, at that point in my coaching career, I was very, very intense. Uh, you could tell from the sidelines, I was a bit, <laughs> I was very intense, right? And and I, I demanded a lot from the kids and we, we literally, we gave pregame speeches, really, really into it, like impassioned pregame speeches of how we needed to beat this other team. This is how we're gonna do it. And my focus was really always on winning and effort and competing. And so I can remember that we were playing this rival team there was a big game and they were undefeated and we were actually doing well. We were, we were overachieving for what the league had us for. You know, they didn't really think we were going to do too well. And there was an incident where we, we go down maybe one goal, maybe two goals. I can't remember. And uh, one of my players got so upset with the referee, he headbutted the referee. And right then and there, it, it all came the perspective for me on the game changed. That one incident changed because that kid wanted to win so much that he lost all emotional control. And for me, I kind of thought to myself that I didn't prepare this kid. I got him all psyched up to win and to compete but I didn't prepare him for what happens when we have bad calls and what happens when we lose. 
I didn't take the time to to prepare the team emotionally for that. And, you know, it was a long ordeal. The referee called the police. And, you know, sometimes in the Bronx, who knows what happens when you call the police. So the police, we waited for like 90 minutes. The game got called off. Police never showed up. And it was school security that was there. And the referee finally got frustrated and just left and everybody just left. So nothing ended up happening to the kid. Um, I removed him from the team for the rest of the year. Still a great kid, but um, just had a really bad moment. And and at that point, everything had changed. When we go into our, our games after that, everything was with so much more perspective than just winning. Winning was no longer the, the, the perspective. And, and for me, that winning, for me, clouded the real meaning of what coaching should be. Uh, of course, it's important, but winning was just too, too attached to my own ego and my own self-worth at that point. Listen, to this day, I love to win, but it doesn't have anything to do with my ego and self-worth anymore. Of course, it could boost it a little bit. You feel good, hey, but it doesn't really. It doesn't really. That's not why I coach. Um, and it's funny. So one of one of my former players, years and years and years ago, he he's a he's a holistic health professional now. Just a wonderful, wonderful kid. And he posted two things the other day on Facebook that I read that that really struck me that I I wanted to share. And the first one was. He said, it's about a Buddhist. And the Buddhist says, somebody says to the Buddhist, I want happiness. And the Buddhist says, first, you have to remove the I because that's all about ego. Next, you have to remove the want because the want is about desire. So all that's left after that is happiness. And, you know, it's funny, I, I... kind of struggled with this because it the want shows ambition, right? And the Buddha says, you know, be careful of ambition. It, it's kind of like the samurai, right? The samurai talks about returning to a state of childlikeness, basically not having the desire to out-trick your opponent, not having the desire of your of your ego to easily beat your opponent. You have to drop all your desires, all your egos, then you can perform at your highest level without anything interrupting the way um, that you execute. But in sports and in other things, I, I do think that you know, whether you're a, a, a player that's been cut from numerous teams and your motivation is you want to be on the top team and you finally got there and you're never going to let that, that go. And that motivation is going to stay with you forever. And that motivation is a source, source of performance. So um, I'm not quite sure, you know, which camp I'm in with that. I just know that make sure that whatever your motivation is, it doesn't overtake you. 
and it doesn't put you in a spot like my player where emotionally he couldn't handle being in that spot. Um, it, that, that for me is, is really important. And, you know, I, I never think that, that in sports or anything that, you know, hey, you have to destroy your opponent at all costs. Um, if you have the chance to steal and to cheat, to win, you do it. I, for me, I, I, I see no value in that. I think you need to play the game fairly. You know, you could push yourself and your team in, in, in a way that, that honors yourself and everybody involved, you know, in the sport. If you watch, like, the X Games, I think it's such an advanced mentality in professional sports where you see all the skateboarders and the BMX bikers, they're literally supportive of everybody else that they're competing against. They, they clap for each other. And the, the thing that gets me as being a soccer coach <clears throat> is that could you imagine, you know, Ronaldo or Messi or somebody clapping for the other team when they scored a goal or when they, they, they beat them. And a lot of times you would hear these pundits on TV, you know, especially like the Man United pundits, right? And they destroy the players for any happy looks and, and joking around and facial gestures that have smiles on it after the game if they didn't win. Now, I get it. I get that that part of it. But my thing is, can you be both ultra committed to your club, to your team, give everything, but in the end, whatever happens, can you still, still celebrate the game itself, the fans, the opponents? Is it time for a change in, in the way that we view, you know, how you celebrate, what is sportsmanship, what... What is an accepted way that you can act if your team wins? I, I like the X Games. I, I, I would prefer that way than, than not being able to, listen, win or lose, whatever happened on the field, of course you could be disappointed, but you could still celebrate the whole thing of the teams being there, your opponents, the fans, the effort you gave. You, you don't have to fake disappointment just because it's you're supposed to so talking about you know spiritual growth and you know the, the, the word spiritual growth and exactly what is that and I and for me when I go back and I think about the kid who headbutted the official when I go back and think about you know, I remember watching the school of the deaf get in this crazy fight um, against a team that was not deaf on the soccer field. And it, it, it was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. And, you know, I've seen a, a, a lot of teams get in these brawls and these fights. And, and for me, um, you have to think about these things. You have to think about what was the role of the coach? And, I, and listen, I can tell you not not a hundred percent of the time, but many, many, many times, the coach 
And the coach's behavior and the coach's teaching, the coach's preaching, the coach's action drives team behavior, right? Actions drive behavior. It creates culture. A lot of these brawls are coaches not driving the right behavior, not sending the right messages, not valuing the right things. So as a coach, as a player, we really have to think about how we we interacted with people. We have to think of our actions. We have to think of our situations. For me, that is becoming more aware. This whole thing is becoming more aware of yourself and how those actions, were they appropriate, what happened. And that's a huge part of spiritual growth. So the, the, the last thing I'll share with you guys is, uh, you know, he had a quote. My old player had another quote the other day. And it says, the most important spiritual growth does not happen when you are meditating or on the yoga mat. It happens in the midst of conflict. When you are angry or scared and you realize that you have a choice to do it differently. And that's, that's massive. For me, that, that, is, that is such a powerful quote, right? It's saying, when you really have grown in the midst of what's going on, you can sense it and you have a choice to do something differently. So... All those experiences that I had, all those experiences that you have, become more self-aware, reflect on this kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's really, really important. And I noticed that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the stuff with the fights and the nonsense, this is what makes the news. People like controversy. Listen, when two boxers go and they're, they're going to fight, if all they did was hug each other and, and shake hands and compliment each other, maybe people wouldn't be as anxious to see that fight. They want to see two guys talk about each other, talk crap to each other, push each other, I'm going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. And that leads up to this big confrontation, right? Often the bad boys are the ones that, that, that get the press. Um, what we don't do in the news is we don't show, you know, examples of peace and love and grace and compassion and empathy and beauty, right? We don't, we don't see that enough. And we need to see that enough. Those, for me, those things need to be the teacher. So it's, we need, there's a story of a, when I was, when I was a kid, I, I used to read a lot about the martial arts and the Buddhist um, Buddhist philosophies, and one of the one of the stories that kind of resonated with me was there was this Buddhist monk who was in prison for ten years against his will, and they asked him, "Is there anything that you regret in those ten years?" And he says, "Yeah, there is. There is one moment where he was being mistreated, and he lost his temper at the at the." Um, prison guards. And he said, that's the moment I regret. And I thought to myself, Jesus, that's crazy. And the guy said, yes, because, because the prison guards are teaching him a lesson of how not to behave, of what not to do, 
of the behavior that's not ethical. And he failed to take their lesson in. Instead, he lost his temper. And I, I thought that was uh, a really, really interesting perspective. Obviously, you have to be at, at a serious level with yourself to to even think in, in that kind of way. So I'll leave you with self-awareness. Self-awareness is, is so big. Don't be the guy that lets ego take over and winning take over. If it's great to compete, it's great to want to win, and it's great to be passionate, but you must train your team and your players. What happens if you give everything you have, that huge amount of passion, and you don't win? What is the response? Because not all kids, not all adults are ready to deal with the response. You have to prepare them as the coach of this is how we respond. This is how we respond. You do not let your ego react. Don't let a bruised ego react, a disappointed ego react. You respond like a champion, you respond with respect, that's where that spiritual growth comes in. So anyways, listen, I hope you uh, hope you like the pod. That's episode nine. Take care.